0: I'm Paul Martin, I'm a practical guy, and I like a practical podcast.
1: Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World podcast a practical show done by a practical guy and that is me this is episode 501 being released on April 1st 2020 as I've promised I am going to be doing a series here on prepping common sense preparedness which we all need today obviously and I'm going to get started by uh, playing a real good interview for you. Carl Wren, my friend Carl Wren from KR Training, I've taken several of his classes. He recently interviewed preparedness expert Paul Martin, and you're going to hear this interview. It's pretty good. Just common sense stuff. I don't go tinfoil hat on you. I, I really believe in just doing what you can with what you have and wherever you are, keeping it basic, keeping it. But keeping it, you know, real, something that's going to help you. A lot of people get pretty far out on preparedness. And, you know, I just, I'm a practical guy and take a practical approach to it. And a lot of people think that, you know, you got to kind of go all out and you got to be some kind of a doomsday prepper. And you really don't. With this situation that we're in right now, with the COVID-19 crisis, I bet you might have found yourself a little bit unprepared in some respects, maybe a little flat-footed. Even for myself, I've been I've been believing in doing this stuff since about 2005, 2006. But even I found out, hey, you know what? There's some things that I'm lacking on. And I was able to mobilize pretty quickly and get re-prepared on a lot of things. And listening to this interview that Carl and Paul did, it just started making me think of some other things that I've got to get done as well. So I would think that every American, every citizen in the world, actually, they now know the necessity to get prepared. Common sense survivalism. If they haven't figured it out by now, let me tell you, they're never going to figure it out. So what has caught you by surprise? I'll tell you one thing that I was definitely not prepared for, and that is being a schoolteacher. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trained. I'm not ready. I My my specialty is not teaching kids, but yet I'm finding I have to at least assist in in educating uh, two youngsters that are in my family now. And I'll tell you what, my hat's off to school teachers. I have a, a new appreciation for school teachers. That caught me by surprise. I didn't think that kids were going to be out of school for two months or more. Here in South Texas, uh, we just got the announcement today that schools are closed until May 4th. And, you know, distance learning sounds good and all that. And it's all we can do right now. It's all we have. But you know what? In my opinion, distance learning, that it just doesn't cut it. I mean, some of these kids are just not used to learning online. Some of them are not used to learning without the assistance of a teacher uh, one of my stepsons needs a little bit extra special attention every day, and he's not getting it now. So there's definitely something to be said for actually being at school, whether it's public or private, being there, and the, you know the social aspect of it. I've always thought is very important as well. And but now that we have social distancing, that's not going to be reality for quite some time. So I'm I'm just going to say that's what caught me unexpectedly. And, you know, how about you? I'd like to hear from you. Uh, Voicemails are always welcome. 210-646-1727. 210-646-1727. If you want to call in a voicemail, if you want to catch me on Facebook, you can catch me at Handgun World Podcast on Facebook. I also occasionally put some posts on today's survival show. I still have that Facebook page up and running and that website but I'd like to hear from you you know, on the social media outlets that I've got out there. Or even if you just want to send an email, handgunworld at gmail.com. So again, the next five episodes, not much about guns. Now, if you if you want to, to watch some of the videos that Ben Branham and I have put up, and myself and Ben and John Adine, we just did, a, uh, all three of us got on a video and we talked a lot about COVID-19. So check that out. You can go to my YouTube channel, Handgun World Podcast on YouTube. And of course, as usual, everything's going to be linked in the show notes. And check out ModernHandGunners.com as well. Ben and I are going to be doing weekly videos on guns at Modern Handgunners. But the next five episodes, 501 to 505, I'm going to dedicate this for obvious reasons To being prepared and staying prepared. Remember this is sponsored by Concealment Solutions. Concealmentsolutions.com Some of the best, absolute best holsters made for your firearm. Good quality holsters and belts. Check them out. Concealmentsolutions.com The coupon code HANDGUNWORLD will give you a 10% discount. That's one word. HANDGUNWORLD at checkout.
2: So let's get started
1: with Carl Wren and Paul Martin.
2: Hey, this is Carl Wren from KR Training, and I'm sitting in as a guest host for Bob Main on the Handgun World Podcast. I've got a guest tonight. His name is Paul Martin, and he's a preparedness instructor who does occasional seminars for me at KR Training. Paul, tell me about your background in prepping.
0: I got started in this earnestly as a child. Like a lot of other little kids, I was always interested in cops, and firemen, and paramedics. I was always fascinated with severe weather, but this really did not start in earnest until a week before Hurricane Andrew hit Miami. I moved there in August of 1992 to start law school. Being from Tennessee, I had no exposure, no background in hurricanes, or what to do when a hurricane comes, and I got a really good education very quickly on the before and after, and dealing with the aftermath of a hurricane. So for 17 days, I had no power in my apartment. I ate spam, canned spam that I fried on the stove, and I decided I never want to do this again. Fast forward a few years after 9-11, that's when I got really serious about not just being better prepared, but talking about this and encouraging others to do the same. And so I've been at this now for uh, about 18 years, and it has been interesting to say the least. I've made a lot of great friends. I've learned a lot. And it's been really interesting to watch the evolution of the preparedness movement over the last couple decades.
2: I guess it was back around, what, 2011 that you convinced me, hey, how about we use your facility and use your mailing list and let's, let's put on an event specifically about prepping. And uh, we've had some interesting adventures over the last, what is it, eight years now we've been doing this?
0: We've done it eight years. I saw some other folks were doing these meetings and conferences and training, and I thought, you and I are smart enough. We can figure this out and probably charge a lot less money in the process. And we started it. Honestly, I thought maybe it would last a year, two years at most. And in January, that was our eighth conference. We called it the OCHO just because it was eight. Uh, It's lasted longer than I would have thought. It's changed a little bit from here and there, here and there. Over the years, but we've had really good attendance. It's been interesting to watch what drives the attendance. Much of it, I think, is political, depending on what people think is about to happen in the economy, what they think is about to happen in changes in Washington. That seems to be one of the bigger drivers in interest and attendance in the subject matter. But we've had a number of speakers, as you know, and it's not been just firearms and self defense related. We've had a couple, I think, two now medical doctors come in and done some sort of training. We've had uh, experts in investment. We've had engineers come in to talk about alternative energy. Uh, I've done some presentations based on my experiences, wide variety of uh, experiences. And what I try to tell people in in these conferences is, and we give them a number of messages, as you know, but so many people in the preparedness movement start out as members of the gun community. And many of them will think, well, I've got guns, I've got ammo, I've got enough. And the reality is that if you don't have a food storage plan, if you don't have some water set aside, if you don't know some basic first aid, those are the things you're far more likely to need in an emergency, in a crisis, similar to what we're going through right now in the pandemic, than you will ever need to know about how to use your firearm. And and a lot of people, as as you can imagine, don't grasp that really well, but what heartens me is that more and more people are starting to take this seriously. Even before uh, the last 30 days, more people, uh, the demographics of the people who are getting into preparedness is changing. When I first got into this in you know, the, the early 2000s, it tended to be a white guy type thing. And now when I go to preparedness conferences and seminars and trade shows, it is a true diversity of people, of, of races, of ages. Of young families and older families. It is becoming more mainstream. I would like to see more people get into this, not necessarily become doomsday preppers, but just have enough supplies on hand so that when there is an emergency, not everyone feels necessity to run out to their Costco or their local grocery store and buy up all the toilet paper.
2: Right. I mean, living here in Texas, it seems like since we started doing these conferences, we've had some sort of event that involved anywhere from 24 to 72 hours to even a week That's involved some of the skills that we've taught at the conferences. We've had Houston go out without power for a week. We've had floods. We've had all manner of crazy things. Here in Bryan College Station, we had a fertilizer plant catch on fire, and we had to evacuate most of the city of Bryan because the plume was blowing in toward the town. So uh, right after that, I bought an N95 mask, a couple of them, and uh, boy, those uh, those came in handy here recently. I had them in my car, and my wife was like, "You you still have those masks?" I'm like, "Yes, I do." And I pulled one out out of the package, brand new out of the package, and handed it to her. I said, "There you go." So uh, you know, you made me look smart with my wife, and that's always good. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help. But you know, just what I tell people is just see what's happening in the news in the metroplex. If we have a storm. Garden variety spring storm that reaches severe limits. Uh, You know, our mutual friend, Caleb Causey, has told me not too long ago they had a storm, oh, three or four years ago. And the response time after the storm for a paramedic in the affected areas was 90 minutes. Now, think about if you are having a major medical problem and your nearest ambulance was 90 minutes, nine zero minutes away. What is your plan for that? I can take all the gun classes in the world, but if I don't know CPR and I don't know some basic first aid, I'm probably not going to be able to preserve life. And that's one of the things I tell my, my license to carry students is that uh, during a part of the class where I think maybe they're starting to nod off a little bit when you get through some of the more esoteric stuff. I just stop the class and I ask people, how many of you are here today taking this class because you want to preserve your life or the life of someone you love? And invariably, every hand goes out. And I say, that's great. Because you're so interested in saving lives, how many of you can show me a CPR certification card? Invariably, every hand goes down. And I tell folks, you are far more likely to need to know CPR and some first aid to save someone's life than you are to need to know how to use a firearm safely and responsibly. And I say, that should be really your next training opportunity is learning CPR, learning some basic first aid so that you can be a resource to your family, to your coworkers, to your neighbors, to your community in times of crisis.
2: Well, you got a very interesting bill passed this last legislative session Related to CPR, uh, take a minute and talk about that. I know that's sort of Texas specific, but it's a great idea. And perhaps other people in other states will hear this podcast. Maybe they can get similar bills passed and maybe have more success with it than we had in Texas. Uh, because uh, you had a great idea and then the government didn't want to cooperate when it came down to actually implement the darn thing.
0: Back in November of 2016, my parents were visiting out of town. Uh, one evening, it was the evening night of Black Friday. My mom went into cardiac arrest Uh, I did CPR, Uh, my dad did CPR with me. Uh, By the time the paramedics arrived and before she left, they had a pulse and she's alive today uh, because my dad and I were ready to do CPR. I started looking for ways because of my day job, I'm a uh, lobbyist uh, for the insurance industry, but I started looking for ways that we could encourage more people to get better prepared and learn CPR. And in talking to a number of people, doctors, public health experts, This seemed to be a recurring theme that if we could just give people an opportunity and an incentive to learn CPR and the incentive that we came up with is if you can provide a current certification card for CPR training that your driver's license fees and your license to carry fees, both application and renewal are waived. Basically you get a free driver's license and a free license to carry if you are CPR certified. And I took this idea to a legislator who's a physician, Dr. Tom Oliverson, down in the Houston area. And it's interesting because right as the legislative session of 2019 was starting, his own father was in the Birmingham airport waiting to board a flight, went into cardiac arrest. The lady behind him was a nurse, did CPR, saved his life. And his chief of staff sent him this bill because I'd sent the bill to him previously saying, this is something you want to file. And Dr. Oliverson was telling me the story. He says, I'm sitting in the ICU with my dad, reading my emails, and I come across this bill that would provide an incentive for people to learn CPR. And he says, I called my chief of staff that night from the hospital, and I said, file this bill tonight. So that was House Bill 1078. We got it through. The governor signed it. Unfortunately, because it would create a – according to DPS, a, a hit on their revenue, right? Because DPS gets money for driver's license. They get license money for license to carry fees. They said there was not money in the budget to make up for that loss of revenue, and they have refused to implement it. Uh, Dr. Olverson was not pleased <laughs> when he heard that news. Uh, it is something that he and I have continued to talk about. And I suspect in the upcoming legislative session 2021, there will be some other piece of legislation that will, remedy that. We haven't really figured out the best way to, to approach that. But that's one of those things, Carl, that we really need to be encouraging people to do just to be a good citizen is to learn CPR and to learn uh, first aid. And so that was the idea behind the bill. The more people we can have who know CPR, just the money we can save in terms of health care claims. Dr. Olverson did the math and, and realized that you, you can save so much money both for health insurance plans as well as government under Medicare and Medicaid, if CPR is applied early and often to people who are in cardiac arrest, that will more than make up for any lost revenue that the government has because they're giving out driver's licenses and license to carry for free.
2: There's one other bill that you got passed uh, that I, I took advantage of, and that is the emergency preparedness sales tax holiday. I bought my generator that weekend. So that's another one that's, again, Texas specific. But again, uh, these things that Paul has gotten accomplished at the state level, these are uh, really, I think, very excellent accomplishments and something that the, those of you that are active in politics, you should suggest these in other states because these are excellent ideas.
0: And other states actually have that, that sales tax holiday for various things. In the past, I know Florida's had it, Louisiana's had it, I believe Virginia has had it, where you designate a weekend generally before the beginning of hurricane season and you make certain supplies uh, eligible for sales tax free purchase. And there's some limitations on the dollar amount and on, on certain items. But the idea here is that you create opportunities and you create an incentive for The retailers, and I'll use Home Depot as an example. When you go into Home Depot in Texas during the sales tax holiday weekend for disaster preparedness, they have huge displays of batteries, weather radios, all the things that are eligible for sales tax uh, holiday, sales tax exclusion. These retailers do the promotion of disaster preparedness for us free of charge. And that's another way to create this culture of preparedness that i talk about i know we're on a practical podcast so much of what i encourage people to do in preparedness is to focus on the practical because you can spend lots of money and lots of time buying the the newest slickest device when the reality is that the vast majority of people would be so well served by doing some very simple practical steps that would enable them to be able to shelter in place or get through a period of time where they have no electricity because of a a thunderstorm or severe weather came through their neighborhood so that when the first responder resources because they don't have enough police officers or because of political dynamics at city hall uh, that you are in a better position to manage yourself and your situation until professional help can arrive or until the, the grid can be restored.
2: One of the things you did recently was you put all this stuff together into something you call the Ready Citizen Manual that's available for download. And I know you've done some presentations in Austin. Last one, you had what more than 50 people show up, and that was before the coronavirus started up. So the Ready Citizen Manual is available at paultmartin.com, correct?
0: That's right. And everything on that website is absolutely free. Carl, as you and I have been discussing this over time, uh, my efforts in the preparedness movement have changed from time to time and i'm now seeing that i'm i'm shifting into more of a how to advisor as opposed to an advocate for preparedness and and the, part part of the reason for that is i tell people if you look at your news feed today if what you're seeing in the news does not motivate you to get better prepared there's nothing i can say and there is nothing i can do to do it this is a a truly a historic time in our lives and you know i think about my my adult life in 2001, we had a national terrorist attack. In 2008, 2009, we had a financial crisis. And now we have probably what will end up being century pandemic. This is our Spanish flu. These things keep happening about every 10 years. So and obviously, I don't know if that's uh, something we should expect moving forward. But I, I can just say that there's there will be a time where something like this will happen again. I don't know what it is. And I know so many people in the preparedness movement want to try to pick and accurately predict what will the next big event be. And I tell people, you don't get points for accurately predicting what the next big event will be. Because you can remember, we did the preparedness conference in January. And one of the big topics we covered was these people who keep talking about, we're going to have a civil war, right? It's all in mainstream media. There's a civil war coming. There's a civil war coming. And I don't believe that. I think much of that is hype. I think much of that is just fear mongering by people who who want to do that, who want to do, who want to talk about this for political purposes. Pandemic was not on my radar the first week of January. Right. It was homeless people and it was civil unrest. Homeless people in Austin and civil unrest. Now this pandemic was starting to percolate in China. It really did not get on my radar in earnest until uh, middle of late January. Of course, just because they're having an outbreak of some sort of disease in China doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a big deal here. But you started to see the tide turn and the experts here start to become quite concerned uh, about the prospect that this could cross borders and spread around the world rapidly. Now, this is all we're talking about is the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic and the legislation that's being generated as a result of the pandemic. Nobody, in reality, nobody's talking about civil unrest right now. I mean, I, I, I'm sure a few people are, but I mean, we're not seeing the, the, the print and the media talk about civil unrest now the way they were talking about it three months ago. But my message to people is, is this. If you prepare for one event, you are fairly well prepared for any event. And if, if talking about a cyber attack on the grid or civil unrest or a pandemic, if that bothers you, just get prepared for severe weather. Because severe weather, for the most part, uh, doesn't disturb people. It doesn't alarm people as much as other situations might alarm them. So if, you, if someone is vapor locks in their minds, I can't talk about uh, cyber attacks because it just scares me, or I can't talk about pandemics, or I can't talk about another terrorist attack, just start planning for severe weather, and you will find that you're fairly well prepared for a lot of things if you're well prepared for severe weather.
2: That's great. I mean, the, the things that, that has changed in my preparedness as we started doing this are little things like, you know, we have multiple containers of five gallon water jugs now at the house. I've got a goal zero solar charger, you know, solar generator that I can power laptop computers and recharge phones and that sort of thing. And some of these things were little steps, you know, it was a big thing. We bought a generator, right? And that's uh, that's a little bit bigger investment. But Uh, I think the point that you've made more than once is, you know, do a little bit, do something. Don't, don't do nothing because you can't do everything. Just do something. So do you have any more little, little steps? You know, if somebody had a hundred dollars and they wanted to spend a hundred dollars today with stuff they could actually still get at the store, which means no ammo and no toilet paper, right? Uh, At least not right now. But uh, what else? If they had a hundred dollars they wanted to invest in prepping, what, what would you tell them to spend it on right now?
0: So in the Ready Citizen manual that you referred to, you can download that uh, free of charge from uh, my website. It's 50 pages, and I walk you through a plan, not just the items you should get, but I also create a schedule and a routine by which you should acquire them so that you have some sense of priority. I still think food and water is the number one things that we should be encouraging people uh, to have on hand. Food more so than water. I see people buying water for this pandemic. I, I, I don't get that because... There's been no reports, to my knowledge, of any municipality in any nation having their water supply shut off because of the pandemic, but there have been some issues with food. If you had $100 today, I would be spending it on shelf-stable or dried goods, pasta, dried beans, canned meats, things that are high in protein like peanut butter. And I know some of these things are, are hard to get depending on what grocery store you go to, but... Uh, I go to the grocery store. I don't go every day now, but I go you know, every two or three days just to top off things if we need something. What I'm seeing is that there's more and more stuff coming back onto the shelves of the grocery store over time. And and f- once you have food and you have some water set aside, then start to think about, maybe I need to have just some cash on hand. And I, the, the rule of thumb that I talk about in the, the Ready Citizen Manual is $100 per week per person for whatever period of time you are concerned about uh, being prepared for. Some people can't do that. If you can't do 100, do 50. But come up with a plan and stick to the plan because so many people get overwhelmed and they shut down mentally because they think, I've got to have food, i got to have water, i got to have a first aid kit, I need gasoline stored up, I need cash on hand, I need flashlights, I need all these things. And for the most part, you may already have some of these things, but come up with a plan and then stick to that plan. And that's what I'm hoping that this Ready uh, Citizen Guide does, is to give you a blueprint on how to do this practically and inexpensively. Our goal is in, the, in creating this manual is to do things as fast as you can, as cheap as you can, as practically as you can. And that's where I would really route people, is stick to the basics. Don't get hung up on, I need this you know, $50 cool tactical knife. And it's fun to buy that sort of thing. I get it. But having food and water... And a good flashlight on hand will do you far more good in an emergency than having, you know, some new gizmo that you've gotten uh, because you had a gift card burning a hole in your pocket.
2: Well, you, you didn't take advantage of the opportunity to plug your other two products that you have for sale, one of which is your book pivot points, which you have reduced the price down
0: to $2.99, correct? The, well, I've dropped the price. The Kindle version is now $2.99 through uh, the middle of April. Uh, that is the lowest price that Amazon will let me charge for that. If you're a Kim- Kindle Unlimited subscriber, you can still get that book absolutely free. You can also get paperback copy for $15. This is a book that is a blueprint on how to create a culture of preparedness in America. How do we get more people in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our workplaces better prepared? How do we make this a priority moving forward? It's my hope, Carl, that the lessons we are learning now... Uh, will provide more incentive for people to do that. You know, we are, today is what, the 25th? We are roughly two months away from the start of hurricane season. Just because we're in the middle of a pandemic doesn't mean we're not gonna get severe weather. Doesn't mean we're not gonna get hurricanes. It doesn't mean we're not gonna get wildfires. It is quite conceivable we could have more than one disaster on top of us at the same time. This is a good opportunity for us to take stock. What I'm telling people right now is do three things. Make a list. What did you do well leading up to this pandemic? What did you not do well, or what things did you do that you shouldn't have done? And then, thirdly, what would you have done differently? In, in full disclosure, I gave, I did this myself, and I put it in my blog on my website. You can go right now and see uh, my scorecard that I gave myself. What did I do well? Where did I screw up? We're always learning. I don't care how prepared you are. There's always something you could do differently. There's always something you could do better. This is a, a process. This is not a one and done thing. This is about creating a culture of being ready so that you can be a resource to your neighborhood, to your family in times of crisis.
2: The other product that's out there is something that we just released. Back in 2018, Paul gave about two days worth of lectures during one of the conferences, and we processed it all recently. and We put it up on Vimeo for download or uh, streaming. So if you go to vimeo.com, that's V-I-M-E-O dot com slash on demand slash P-T-M, like Paul T. Martin preparedness, then you can actually find more lectures, longer form lectures on different topics. We've got 14 different videos up there on different topics. So if the things that Paul is interested in and talks about is of interest to you, for a couple of dollars for each of those videos, you can uh, get a lot of good information and up to about seven hours of lectures are available up there. So certainly I encourage you to take a look at those. That's uh, Paul's put that content out there at a very low price. We just want to get the information out there for everybody. And uh, with that, I think, uh, Paul, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap this up?
0: No, uh, just a quick note on those videos, two quick notes. The first thing I always tell people is I've made every mistake in preparedness that you can make at least twice. It's my hope by getting those videos out there that I will save you time and save you money by sharing what my experience is and and my uh, failures so that you can learn from those. And the second thing I'm telling people is any profits that I make, 100% of the profits I make from those videos go to Austin Pets Alive. That's an animal rescue shelter here that uh, we've had a lot of success with. It does a lot of great work in our community. I'm not trying to make any money on this. Uh, I just want to get words out there so that if you are stuck at home and there's nothing on Netflix you want to watch and you want to think, you want to get better prepared for the next disaster that is coming. This is a great way, an inexpensive way for you to get a lot of information in a short period of time.
2: Well, on behalf of Bob main and the handgun world podcast, thanks Paul for being on the show. And I'll turn it back over to Bob to wrap up the show.
1: Okay. Thanks Carl and Paul. That was a great interview. Appreciate that. Good information. There'll be links to everything they just talked about in the show notes where you can find all that. I would, I would strongly suggest you get those videos. I'm going to get a couple of them myself and uh, good information. Thanks for sharing. Folks, also uh, remember to join the Shooters Club because Ben and I just put an extra video up there, a new one actually, recently. If you're approached by new gun owners, of course, there's plenty of them, a lot of gun owners out there, and they ask you, hey, what do I do? How do I use this thing? How should I, you know, get proficient with my gun? We give you some ideas on how to coach some of the good, uh, some of the new gun owners out there. So check it out: ShootersClubMembers.com. ShootersClubMembers.com. It's only eight dollars a month, seventy-five dollars a year. You can also support my show without spending any extra money. Do your Amazon shopping, and a lot of us are doing a lot of Amazon shopping right now because. It's one of the only w- decent ways we can get things. Go to handgunworld.com first and, and go to the, your your Amazon account after you go through my page first. That'll help me get a little bit of credit, a little bit extra fees for that. And uh, you can support this show without spending any extra money. So once again, Carl Wren at KR Training. Thanks again for talking to Paul Martin and, and sharing that valuable information with us. It's common sense, isn't it? Pretty much. It's common sense. And, you know, unfortunately, as the old saying goes, common sense ain't quite so common these days, and it should be. So ch- uh, tune in again probably about a week to 10 days from now, episode 502. I'll be putting these out a little bit more than twice a month from now on. Used to be the first and the 15th, probably. I'm going to try to see if I can get them out once a week on Sundays like I used to. But if I can't, it'll be pretty close to once a week or once every Week to 10 days. Just be checking your feed. uh, Checking your Facebook notifications. And things like that. That's it for this one. Thanks folks. I'm Bob Main. This is a practical show. Done by a practical guy. Remember to shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. You're listening to free music by Dano. Download free MP3s at danosongs.com.